Broadway. Let's just do breaking news. Dub or bullshit. Dub or bullshit. No bullshit. Rock and roll. God, I hate that echo trick. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's you, buddy. <laughs> All right, welcome back to No Bullshit News Hour. Remember always, if you can't sleep, watch the news. If you want the news, you're at the right place, the No Bullshit News Hour. Today with us, how do I even introduce you? Detroit legend, hip hop legend, Trick Trick. What's, What's happening with it, guys? What's your given name? Dr. Christian Anthony Mathis. Are you a doctor? Yes, sir. What kind of doctor? Music. <laughs> and uh, Karen Dumas with us, Mark Fellauer. Karen, you know Trip well, don't you? Of course. I'm an honorary member of the Goon Squad. <laughs> right. Whole life. You understand me? Love, I love Trick. I am not. He is what we should all strive to be. I mean, as a person, as a professional, uh, just much love and respect. Yeah. And you got a gold record, don't you? <laughs> me? Yeah, I got a couple of them, you know. My man. You know, I got a few surprise. That's you know, that's there you go. You know what I'm that gets you? I'm a peace ambassador for the United Nations. <laughs> What's up, man? Look at this. Hey, Trick. What's up with you guys? Hey, what's up, Shaq? What's up, Shay? Look at it. You know what we got here happening uh, live at the American Coney Island. Uh, downtown Detroit, open for lunch, sit-down lunch coming Monday. Open at 11, go until 3. And, of course, there's carry-out all day long. And um, you can always go to AmericanConeyIsland.com and have a Coney kit delivered to your home. So that's that. We took that out of the way. Come here, copper. Uh, we, ju we just had a white cop walk in. Uh, get, is, he, is he a good one? Uh, let's find out. <laughs> What's up, man? You all right? Good. Yeah, I want to show people. I respect him. You know, we, we need we need good cops. We do. We need good cops. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Your job sucks. It's going to be a challenge. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a challenge at times. You scared? Be honest. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, Charlie. Okay, this is not even on. Okay. Dude. Mm. Um, the first day, Friday, was yeah. was scary. It was really scary. Um, when here, we come here. I want, I want you to get close here. Look, show your blue eyes. <laughs> show your skin color. Show that you're a human. There's no, there are no horns. No. No tail. No. So it's a guy. This is Detroit police. That's fucking crazy. Okay. Oh, is that camera on? No, it's not. Oh, it's not on, Trick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his body cam's not. Mm. Turn that no, on, anyway, buddy. So Friday. Yeah. It was, tell me. Friday, you know, um, we didn't know how how it was going to go, um, how things were going to go down. I, I was, I, I'm a kid born and raised in southwest Detroit. Went to Holy Redeemer right down the street. Um Detroiter my whole life. I've been doing this job for 22 years. Um, now it's crazy because now I'm old, I'm one of the older guys, and I'm look have younger guys looking up to me like Sarge. What do we do? Um, when I was a child, I used to see the mounted units walking down the street, walking. I've never seen the mounted unit unit run in my life. When our supervisors gave the command for those mounted units to retreat and began, they began running towards me down Rosa Parks. 
and we were backing up our vehicles because people were punching the horses, throwing rocks at the horses. And I'm sitting there thinking these might be the same people that would protest animal rights. And, and it, it wasn't even about that at that moment. It was it was very it was very scary. The officers had their vehicles surrounded and they were saying, sir, Sarge, you got to get us out of here. We can't get out of the crowd. We can't move. And, you know, what we had seen in past cities where they're damaging the police cars and our officers were inside. Um, it was a scary moment for us, Charlie, at that moment. Was it sad? It was sad because, you you, you know, you love the people. You, you care about the people. And um, I think it was just a misguided anger. You know, everybody's anger about, angry about what happened to Mr. Floyd. It wasn't right. I mean, it was murder. It was murder. You know, let's call it what it is. Thank you for doing that. Let me have you put these on and have Trick and, and Karen and Mark say, so I'm going to give you these headphones and okay. have a comment. Let, let me back out. I know this guy. It's good to see you. Thanks for stopping in. You're going to get a Coney dog, right? Absolutely. Here, put these on real quick. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Trick. You know Trick, Trick, of course? Yes, sir. Yep. Who doesn't know Trick, Trick? How do you... I, I got a... Uh, how you doing, bro? Good. Uh, I got a... My question is... Where do you draw the line as an individual, as someone who has achieved the status, been on the job 20-some years and achieved the status of sergeant? Where do you draw the line between the code of blue? You know, that, that you know, it's just like the street code. When the streets, they say, you know, snitches get stitches. I, I, I believe that uh, same law to be implemented within the department. Where do you stand at when, when officers do wrong? to innocent civilians and, and, and inflict harm upon people. And, you know, when you see something like that, what do, where do you do? Well, what do you think should be done by all officers? By, by any officer, I guess it hits me a little bit differently. Like I said, I was born and raised here. So my grandmother's walking up the street. My uncle's walking up the street. My nephews, my nieces. Right. So I always say, how would you want somebody to treat them? Right. How would you, you want somebody to talk to them? Right. You've seen your family member upset at times. You've seen disagreements in the household. You've seen the police come to grab your uncle out because he had a few. How did you want them to be treated? Right. And there's no, and that, that should tell you right away where you draw the line as your sure. partner. Would you want your partner treating your uncle a certain way? Right. Yeah, he and, it, and this isn't about Mr. Floyd. This is maybe it's a domestic situation where, you know, your uncle's had a few too many or your uncle's in your they're all playing cards in the basement. And Uncle Charlie starts bringing up Aunt Susan, who left her. And that's a sore subject and everybody knows it. But then now the police are called to that scene and he has a few choice words for you. He's not necessarily talking to you as an individual he's in the middle of the heat of that situation he still has deep hurts from Aunt susan who left him whatever the case may be right respect sergeant, that individual ask, sergeant let me ask you a question and and certainly understand you know if you're in a situation it is i mean everybody's uncertain who's going to do what and how do you not only protect yourself but certainly protect others as well tell me your perspective on residency because like you said when you grew up in southwest detroit your family was in that neighborhood i think mm -hmm. that people who live here 
have not to take away any uh, of the commitment of any of our officers, but certainly when you live here, you have a different level of awareness, engagement and commitment because it's your home. Absolutely. What's your take on residency? You know, I, I believe in, you know, for me, it's so hard for me because I grew up here. Like I said, I'm part of this. I'm part of this city. This city's a part of me. Um, for people that have not grown up in this city, I think uh, you could definitely adopt a plan. Maybe uh, the officers, if they're going to be hired here, must live here for a matter of a certain years or or something. You could adopt. I would definitely be open to something like that. I think that it. would be cool. But right now, Court, the Supreme Court's ruled. The it? Supreme Court ruled that that's unconstitutional. They can't do it. But it right. does. I think it does benefit the officer. Whether we can make somebody or change some type of policy or not, I think the officers who grew up here definitely benefit from uh, living here, growing up in the schools here. You know, I know what it's like for officers to put me on the ground at Patton Park and say, hey, we're looking for Latin counts mm -hmm. because I grew up in that era. Um, I know how I felt in that moment saying, I got a basketball in my hand. Does it look like I'm running with Latin counts right now? You know what I mean? So, but that also helped develop in me a way that I will not be as an officer when I wear this uniform. What is it that you want people in the city of Detroit to know? I mean, as people continue to protest, um, I think sometimes people forget officers are human. You know, you got some bad ones, but I think the majority of them are good. But what's the one thing that you want people in the city of Detroit to know? Well, one thing, I mean. Translate what she said. She was saying, <laughs> what, what would I want others to know? What is the main concept that I would want people to know, Detroiters to know, about basically what we're going through, correct? Yeah, what, what, yeah exactly. What are you going through? And, and I think that like, exactly what you stated is perfect, that we are human. Every person that puts this uniform on may have a mother to go home to, uh, a, a, a car payment to pay. Uh, we're, just, we're just like any individual out here tr trying to do the best that we can. And I, I can say... Honestly, with all the men and women that I've worked with, that's tr a true statement. You know, when we're driving around in a scout car together, like my dad, my father was at General Motors right down the street, we, the old Fleetwood plant for 36 years. And when he would bring your child to work day, they would sit side by side talking on the line about what they were going to do and how they were going to do things and bringing your child. So for me, you're in a scout car with a buddy of yours, your partner, and you're talking about humanistic things. You're not talking about this next, what, what harm you're going to do to this individual or, you know, a different mind. Understanding that we're all human. We all have a mindset that we can run to good or bad. However, treat everybody as an individual, not paint a broad brush. How about this? No. So, look, be honest, be honest with you. This is it's already hot. It's 90 degrees today. Everybody's broke. The checks are running out. You've got everybody's been cooped up. You've got unrest all over the place, you know, with uh, uh, Floyd. We don't have enough cops as it is. How aggressive are you guys going to be this summer? I, I, let me say it this way. The police ain't going to be the police this summer. Well, I can tell you this, Charlie, we're trying our 
very best. I can commend the guys that I've worked with. I've had young officers look at me while we're having bricks thrown at us. I mean, being spit on, um, using foul language towards us. Young guys looking at me as a supervisor saying, Sarge, what do we do? What do we do? Can't we just grab them? Can't we just make it stop? And I can look at them and say, I might want to drag that guy that just threw the rock over and put the zip ties on him and have him carried away. But we have to remain. And what keeps us safe is our tactics, the yeah. tactical, the tactical things that we've been drilled in. The re- but the real, no, that's no, the real life. The maybe she'll call in lady, single mom, two kids lives in a rugged East side. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, Shootings and stuff are already off the hook out there before yeah. this, right? Now, right? now she's afraid when she needs you with all this shit, I'm not going. She's afraid there aren't going to be any police. Yeah. That's that's the consequence of this. Yeah. I, I would reassure her. I would reassure. I would, I, I would want to reassure her that the officers that have to come up to that run, just like we want people to look at us and not paint a, a broad brush, we have to look at every situation as its situation, as that particular situation. And again, when I'm responding to a police run out here, I have to look at it as, is this, if this was my mother, how would I want to talk to her? This, that single mother that you're talking about, Charlie, my mom was, my parents were divorced. Um, my mom, I, I remember my mom for Halloween taking us for trick or treating. She was going to take us probably to some suburb. I don't know where we were going, but she was putting us in the car. And when we got in the car, two raid vans pulled up, knocked on the door. These guys were wearing ski masks, DPD, knocked on my mom's door, her three children, us three boys in the back seat. And she said, ma'am, you have to go back inside the house, go back inside the house. And we went and my mother, a single mom at that time, had to drag us boys back up the steps us not knowing what the heck is going on, why the officers make us go back in the house, and they were raiding the house across the street. That's so dope. And my mom was forced to deal with that. You know, I've been in that situation is what I'm saying, Charlie. So my thing is, is you, you, can, you have to be disciplined in your training and your tactics to look at every situation for what that situation is bringing to you at that particular time. Department's hiring and there's no age limit. What do you think? About the age limit? No, there's no age limit. Come on, Charlie, let's go. <laughs> Have you been doing push-ups lately? I can do Let's get that going. Maybe, maybe Trick. Trick, are you? <laughs> Trick ain't interested, I don't think. Trick, are you interested in joining the police department? I'm a peace ambassador for the United Nations already. Uh, okay, um, all right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Last word, man. Uh, Last word, someone was going to say. Mark was. Uh, Yeah, I I wanted to ask, you know, you had the governor calling uh, for reform and anti-bias training. I I just wondered if you had a thought on that. Is this political posturing? Is it something that works? Does it have a detrimental effect? You know, I think, you know, when, when a situation happens, no matter where it is in the United States, everybody looks at training. Everybody looks at how are these officers being trained? And I can say, I can only speak of the wheelhouse that I'm from. And in Detroit, we've had some great training. And we have officers are required to go to a 40 hour block of training twice a year. So almost every six months we're being taken off the street. We're putting in for a week worth of training. And I think our training has been great. It, it, 
can we always do more? Absolutely. We can always add training. But I, I believe um, and I thank God for the fact that uh, Craig and other people within our police academy has instituted training. No matter where anybody's come from, this is how you will tactically be when you're put into a situation where it might not always be the best situation. And, you know, they challenge us. I watch people leave the academy. I, I remember, I'll never forget my, we were in the academy and some guy is sitting there crying saying, I can't take it. I can't take it. This is the academy. Wow. You can't take it. Then I'm glad right now you're realizing that because, and, and he actually exited the academy. And so, um, whether it's political posturing or not, I'm, I can't really say to that, but I can definitely speak to our wheelhouse of, of the training we're receiving. And, and I always welcome more if it's going to benefit the officers and make us sharper. Last question. What's in your personal file? Do you have any uh, abuse complaints or use of force complaints? You ever used your weapon? I, I have not. Um, you got nothing I, I, in your file? I, I, had, I think I have one, some, one thing in my file. I remember we picked somebody up from Canada. Uh, border, uh, U.S. Uh, Border Patrol stopped him. And um, the complaint came that I put my cuffs on too tight. And that was year, years ago. That's all ago. you got? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, you know, when you're on this job, you, you're gonna, you may get a complaint or two. Uh, from someone that's unhappy, you know, and that's just being honest. And there are asshole cops. They and there a, are asshole I've cops. Met them. They got a lot of abuse. Yep. Like, I, like asshole in Minneapolis. I, I had I had I had a guy. Charlie. Why can't we get the bad cops out? Be honest. Is it because it's such a fine line policing that 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 was my question. Yeah, right. Go, I ask it then. How we get these bad cops out? They have to be identified and I exit. Yeah, and I think, Trick, that you have to have officers step up to the plate and, and instead of ignoring the biases that they see in that scout car, they have to voice it. If they see something that just edges them the wrong way and that scout car in a situation, they need to voice it and say, hey, we need to look into this guy but because you, I didn't feel comfortable. I always, it. the union bends over backwards to keep those guys on the job. Yeah, I mean, and the union does keep, you know, it's my dad, of course, like I said, General Motors, 36 years. I grew and up. We in need to hold the union, the union accountable as well. And if the union's fighting to save a bad cop, then they need to be, like Trick said, they need to be held accountable. Well, shit, look, Trick, uh, Karen, Mark, everybody listening, let's look at Minneapolis for a second. You got a super liberal Democratic mayor. Everybody knows me. If you know anything about Minneapolis, that police force cracks heads. They've been doing it since the mm -hmm. old West. Ask anybody. Okay. The police force is a democratic union. They got money, right? They got phone banks. They do all that mayor couldn't get that force under control. Like booty in South Bend where Notre Dame is. Couldn't get that police force in order. Now these are two well put together white liberal democratic men and you're not getting the shit done. Why? Which is why I don't trust them. Yeah. I think there's just it's 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 all about accountability. Wherever well, you go, it's accountability. The officers have to be accountable to themselves. That's why I said if you live here, you can't answer my question. You know why? It's above your pay grade. You can't answer. You're not going to answer it because that's what that's what the people are on the streets about. Like now, I want that answer now. Right. 
And I'm asking it to you, and I don't know if you can give it. Charlie, I can tell you, like I said, I always speak to what I know. Like my father used to tell me, don't talk about something, boy. You weren't there. You weren't there, so you don't know. So the same thing goes for me. All I know is, is if I'm in a scout car with a guy and I see something that rubs me the wrong way, our officers in the front lines, those are the, because that's who you're seeing. You're not seeing the guys in the upper, upper boxes sitting in their offices. You're seeing that officer in that scout car. Charlie, if he, if you see something that catches you the wrong way, it needs to be dealt with there and now. Mm. So my fellow officers in blue need to, if they see that contact, if any officer, if you see something discriminatory, something happens that you don't know is not right, you need to stand up and say, I will not tolerate. I like that. I like that. Now the challenge is to make sure all, the challenge is to make sure all of the officers um, feel that way. This isn't payola. I don't do that. But Luke Nowacki, a, one of our sponsors, keeps us going. It put five hundred bucks up for anybody with a with a badge wow. until it's gone. So you know, on Luke, have a great county. Yeah. Thank you, Charlie. Yeah, dude. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for doing the job. Thank you sure that's not on? It's not. How the fuck is that not on, Trey? <laughs> you got to hit the button. There's a button you got to hit. Wait, come here. Look, show everybody the button. You got to hit the button. The button. <laughs> I, I thought those were always, remember when you first got them, there was a, those are always yeah. supposed to be running? People were nervous that they'd be peeing and they'd be on. But they say, they say that's you not the case, Charlie. They say this, the, red, the green light just means that the po- it's power. It's right. got power. So we learned something. The cameras aren't always on. Yeah, if you hit if you hit the button, then the red button the red button at the top comes on, and that's when you know it's recording. That's fucking crazy. Everybody's got a gun in America, and <laughs> you're the only one answerable how you're using it. But that's that's how the country hit that button when they pee right and hit it again. Yeah, it it kind of sounds that simple. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the reverse of it. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, before I get, let me let me uh, remind everybody. Uh, cue up the um, securities oh. and investment. Yep, gotcha. Right? That No Bullshit News Hour is sponsored by uh, Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Call him for rational financial advice. Man, real estate's through the roof. The market's doing well. Everybody's worried about an unemployment check. What do you do? How do you position yourself? Call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Pension funds, savings and loans, personal Wealth strategy. Luke does it all. Get the advice, get the strategy, and position your investments for the long run. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. And remember. <laughs> hey, we need to get Frick to do that. We need, to, we need you to. Oh, yeah. So put, put, right some, put some. Put some uh, flavor in there. The key is speed. The key is speed. The the only thing is that he doesn't. He's not gonna do it for free. That that turns into an endorsement. He has. uh, That's the the legal disclaimer. Yeah. This this right here is the legal disclaimer. Uh I'm not reading that. They gotta pay me. No, they gotta pay (laughs) me. I'm gonna pay you. You you start. No, no, no. They gotta pay me. That's a stocks and bonds. Pull up. We gotta have to sit down. (laughs) Okay, just yeah. No, we gotta have to sit down. Audition a little bit. Just just the first no. Please stocks and bonds. No. Can you can you just no means no, Charlie? Can you just wrap that up? Monday through Friday. 
between the hours. You can't have a celebrity do that, Charlie. <laughs> they could pull up and see me in my office. I can't even these three words here. In Detroit, Michigan. No, nope, none of it. Pay me. What happens you get a big star on the show. Exactly. You can't say that. You know, I don't say nothing. Because then it turns into an endorsement from him. So you can't do that. Sis, he don't even know. The only reason I'm doing this interview with him is because one, he my buddy, and two, he was in my movie. I don't like doing interviews, especially like no. this. I, well, I thought I, I had something to do shit. with it too, but okay, I want to take a little. Credit. That was the that was the added bonus. Karen is on it, but you know he he was in my movie as Doctor yep. uh, Doctor Eli Woods, a scientist that created a mega formula, uh, the last twenty four. And that let me sound, tell you, Charlie's such, Charlie? such a stand-up guy with me with that because whenever it's time for payroll at the end of the shoot, I say, I got your money. He says, put my pay towards the production. Yep. Charlie's a good guy. Yeah, that's and, all right. But like Trick, let me say this, just like I was talking about you before we went on. Those are the things that Charlie does, like the things that you do. You guys don't run in front of a camera or post it on social media. Look what I've done. You all do things that make a difference and the world never knows about it. They don't need to know about it. The only person, sometimes the person that benefits from it doesn't know about it. So yeah. that's who you guys are. That's that's yeah, the character I, that you have. So I, I do a lot knows? of giving with, I've been doing a lot of giving with my mask on, you know, uh, through through the midst of the uh, crisis, you know, uh, since the end of March, me and Leslie been out yep. in, in local grocery stores in the neighborhood. We been, the toy know, stores. I remember you toy, guys were buying yeah. all the toys for the kids. Yeah, we don't we don't tell them, you know, this me whoop whoop. We don't take no pictures. They don't know it's me. I just walk up to them and say, I'm gonna pay for that. Yep. Here, take that. Give her the change. Turn around and walk off. Yep. And that's how you make a difference because you're doing it from your heart. You're not doing it for the clout. So that makes a difference. I even know you're catching shit on social media for that. You said what? Social media is a fake place. It's a, it's an imaginary, it's like Oz. (laughs) It's like follow the yellow brick road, do what everybody else do. Follow what's trending, Uh, stay in line, act how we tell you to act. Man, I don't care nothing about what nobody is thumbing on the other side of a phone that I can power off. When I cut my phone off, social media doesn't exist. And it's really only for toilet time for me. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna make my point, I'm gonna state my piece, I'm gonna give my message based upon my life and the righteousness that 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 I uphold and, and the laws that I live by, be it street code or uh, federal law, whatever. I, I'm going to put my opinion out based on what I got going on in my life and then I'm gone. I don't care. People say, why you turn the comments off? Because I don't give a fuck what you got to say about it. It's not an open social forum. I'm voicing my <laughs> opinion. That's me. Like, I respect everybody's opinion. Somebody, you you, you want to think something, that's what you got to hold in your head. That's what you got to deal with, with within yourself. That don't have nothing to do with me. If if I'm aggravating you by doing something right and you want to develop an opinion and a bunch of emotions and then some type of outrageous statement about me, guess who the person is in pain? You. Because I don't know you. I don't care to know you. I don't give a fuck what you think. And you just upsetting yourself by being upset at me. And I'm somewhere working, building, creating opportunities for my people. And I don't have to show it or take a picture every time. I don't want to fuck the news. You don't need to know what I'm doing. I like being 
out the way and and out of people's faces. Yeah, I don't need, I don't want no attention for what I do. I, I do the righteous things that I do by my people and by my community because it makes me feel good. Yeah, you know That's what, dude? It. Some some it shit out of like feel good. Just some like shit out of like. <laughs> yeah, you smoke a lot of weed. I smoke weed, yeah, cause I smoke weed cause I like it. Did you it. bring I like giving, Hell yeah! What you thought this was? Well, pull it out. Let's see it. Whip it out. I didn't hear. Well, shit. They close up. Don't think. Go ahead. Don't let's play see with it. me, cause it's in the I'm car. not playing. It's nah. in the car. Oh, it's in the car. Yeah. Man. Well, look. I was. Uh, you had a lot of incrimination. Like, come on. Now you <laughs> can't say shit is it's legal. Legal as shit. We're in incrimination. I don't got no more than an ounce on my position. Never. Well, yeah. only nobody, an ounce. Nobody, well, nobody would mess with you anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> well, I got you know, like uh, before we started, we were talking about this. Just out of nowhere, somebody gets a hold of me on Twitter. All of a sudden, this this, this strings going around where. Uh, a woman says, Charlie Duff, this you victim blaming a family whose daughter was murdered by police. Something told me a white man wrote this before I even looked you up. To which, if anybody remembers in Detroit, Ayanna Stanley Jones, the mm -hmm. seven year old who was killed by police when they were looking for a murderer, which her father was part of. They murdered a 16 year old kid. I wrote that. I wrote that. I wrote the fact that the police sat in a van and kept changing their story. I wrote in the story that they didn't put eyes on the house and nobody realized there were toys on the front lawn. The, front the, lawn child, yeah. slept, the child slept next to the door. So I'm not, I'm not afraid of this country. I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm trying to do what's right and give you all the information because things are much more complicated then like Trick saying, you want to boil it down to a soundbite on TV or you want to just flash that at me. Read the fucking story. Then you will but, realize you'll realize I got that guy put on trial. But Charlie, you have to understand right now. Uh, and I, I had these conversations yesterday. Individuals, I didn't get through probably till about midnight because everybody wants to be very deliberate and intentional with what they say and how they respond as they should, because nobody's getting a pass. People are looking for anything to hang a criticism on. And the effort and the time to take to understand the whole story is non-existent right now. It's just what they see. It's just their interpretation and everybody's running with it. So anybody that knows you, I was in office at the time when that took place um, there you were, are, weren't you? Fuck, yes, yeah. I was. I remember that. Yeah, very much so. I mean, and there's nothing that takes away from the unfortunateness of the loss of life of that little girl. Nothing. I don't care what it is. But there were a series of events that led up to that. And part of that was, as you indicated, that the father was looked at, was being sought for the murder of a 16 year old. So those are the kind of things and trick, I know you can speak to this in this, you know, it's a domino effect that people don't realize when you pull a trigger, when you commit a crime, it's not just that, it, 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 it signals and triggers a long line of events that impact far more people than the person standing in front of you. People don't want to acknowledge that, but that's a reality. It, exactly, but Charlie also have to understand that in a time like now where we seek justice against these racist, fascist, evil, manipulative, demonic policemen on the ground that have never really been held, never been held accountable for their actions against 
innocent people. Right now, we're not discussing what her father did. We're discussing the shit the police keep doing. And yeah, your story led to those officers being, somebody went to jail, didn't they? No, they got charged, got off, and basically the the family got eight million dollars settled with. No, but they, they eight million dollars ain't enough horse. money for it. And there were two trials. Too. There were two trials for the officer. You're right. There, that's not enough money. There is no <laughs> yeah, amount of money. No, no amount right. of money for my child. But at this, you know, this is not the time to bring up the fact that the reason the officers were. We talking about something that happened years ago. Yeah, right. And 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 we. We must continue to address the fact that, the, like you said, there were toys in the front yard. Yep. You, you, you guys not doing just just talk once again. Here we are with Brianna Taylor once again. These officers mm-hmm. have not been brought to justice, and they went inside this woman's home looking for a person that was incarcerated already. Now that deserves attention. That deserves back facts. That deserves an investigation. That deserves a prosecution, and that deserves those officers to go to prison for not. Being tactful, like the sergeant just said, for not even doing the right research and the right the investigation based on the move that they was they just didn't care. They went in there and slaughtered this innocent, completely innocent woman. There was no reason for them to be in that home or even at that address because the person that they were looking for was incarcerated already in their custody. Now, who blew that? Mm. And conveniently, mm. their, their their camera was off. Off. All their cameras was off. How so about that, that? That's the other thing, because they said that they announced themselves. The Her fiancé in the house said that they did not. He was a licensed gun owner and had a right to defend who he thought were intruders coming into his home unannounced. So then you, so it's not what, it's not what's happening. It's how it's happening. It's the lack of protocol. It's the lack of courtesy. It's the lack of recognition of a policy that should protect the people they're sworn to serve. That's being ignored for whatever reason. So yeah, you're right. And that, and that can't be ignored. Today is actually her birthday. Um, And you know, that, that, that's, that's one of, too many issues that we continue to wrangle with today. And it's at the bottom line is like, is there is no more time. Like, you know, we always used to say sooner or later, or eventually, it's no more eventually. It's now. It's we don't go back backwards from this. We cannot, you know, we can't yeah. uh, we all have to share the the same interest in morality the same interest in righteousness, the same interest in peace, the same interest in order. And when I say order, I mean, we, everyone should be able to live a normal, peaceful life and go about their business and their day and their families without having to worry about being gunned down by a police officer or gunned down by these racist people that just run around and think you just want to point the finger at somebody because they black and you call the police on them try to get them locked up. Like like what happened to Auburn? You're right. Exactly. We saw the guy in, in Central Park tell the young, tell the lady, you got to put a leash on your dog. And she hated being told what to do by a black man so bad that she was completely dumbfounded to the fact that this man is filming you lying. But you, she you, you, thought that if she called the police, that what happened to George Floyd would happen to this guy. And everybody is, else. And the, exactly. That what happened, so yes. That's, and so she knows, she knew or felt like there's a system that would believe her over a black man and that this is what would happen because that's what's happened. And People, she's used that to are, it. 
People that are looked, people that are black are automatically looked upon as guilty. People that are black are automatically feared. So there is no room for for an assessment for what happened. How is this? Who is this guy? Who's the wrong person? This chick was choking uh, uh, the dog. Let me say to the white lady, I'll say it to the white lady. And don't call the police on the bullshit if somebody asks you to put your fucking dog on a leash. They're busy, really (laughs) fucking busy with serious fucking shit. You know what I mean? I had my neighbor call the police on me because I said, hey, park's closed. Can you get your kid off my fence? Because I don't want my dog spreading. Maybe I got COVID. You know, like has some manners. And I'm getting the police called on me just for saying the park's closed. So I, what the fuck is this? One year ago yesterday. All the no, shit years, going on in this country. Two years, two years ago yesterday, I got rear-ended on East Jefferson by a lady in Gross Point. Trick, you remember? This woman gets out. And I'm still thinking about it. It it brought up a whole nother level of memories because of all the things that are going on. She and her husband get out. They're yelling. They're screaming. She tells me, I feel threatened. I'm all of five, three. She doesn't know who I am. So she has no reason to feel threatened. But she says, I feel threatened. You need to put your license on the ground. Her husband what? pulls out a cell phone and starts recording. I'm like, lady, Whoa. what are you doing? She says, I'm going to call the wow. police. I said, you're in Detroit. I want you to call the police. But I'm listening to all this. Oh, you're trying to start a race. You know, you're making uh. this racial. Oh, it was crazy. That's two years ago. This is oh. the stuff we deal with every day. Every day. Let's let, let's let that hang. Oh, let's let that hang. Let's let that hang. Let this soak in a second. Every day. Every day. It's fair to acknowledge that. That's how it feels. Let me just do this. I want to move it. Okay. Widen this if I can. But let me just say the the rant that I like to do, you know, now is brought to you by uh, ADR Consultants. Uh, Get your company going. Get your construction company going. Uh, You're working with the city. You need to know how to move through the bureaucracy called ADR Consultants. Barry Ellentuck at 248-318-9424. He is honest. He is ethical. He is smart. He has run government programs in this city. He has blown the whistle on corrupt programs in this city. He's a guy that cares about this city. I recommend him. Get it done right on time and on budget. ADR Consultants, 248-318-9424. He is a righteous dude. Trick, let me do this. Let me let me read a little something I wrote, like they do on cable TV, you know, their monologue. Because I want to, I want to, where we where we going with this? Okay, it's a moment. We got attention. And here it goes. And so the long, hot summer's upon us. The spark, a black man coldly suffocated by white cops in Minneapolis. Cue the flames, bullets, shattered glass. The accelerant? The man-made economic disaster, which has left millions of people locked away as their work and savings evaporate. It's easy to blame the corona uh, pandemic for the meltdown, but the economic bubble was bound to burst, and we all knew it. So now we see peaceful black protesters mixed with white, urban dwellers and suburbanites, stand against police brutality, racial brotherhood. That's an important thing whose time has come. Then the sun sets. And America erupts into a bacchanalia of flames, the theft of sneakers and high-end perfume, the crack of a sniper's bullet. But people, that doesn't work. That delivers no justice. Not in the long run, anyway. Not in the long run. Nobody knows that better than the Motor City. So I'm standing here in American Coney Island, right? This landmark, this place that's helped generations of people. 
friends to homeless, to the cops, to blacks, to whites. This is a this is a destination. During the protest last Friday, next door at Lafayette, that's my my friend Ali. He's the owner. Ali's never done anybody wrong. So look, I support protest. Petitioning for redress of one's grievances is older than this country itself. Criminal cops have to be rooted out. Full stop. No excuses. No more waiting. Listen to what my friend Karen said. Listen to what my friend Trick said. But I can't help wonder when I watch the street marches come right down here, right down this Michigan um, Avenue, where are they going? To whom do they protest? They point exactly away from City Hall. Look behind me. To the right is City Hall. To the left is nowhere. And they always go left. And who encourages them to go left? Go right. Go to the seat of power. Go to the State House or the White House, where you will now see the only wall that Trump built is one around himself. Because... That's where the great fleecing of America has really taken place. Ask yourself, who's ultimately in charge of the police, whether competent or criminal? City Hall, the mayor. Who gave gigantic tax cuts to big business and billionaires while blowing an impossible hole in the country's budget? The president and Congress. Who shut down the state's economy to protect the elderly from COVID only to decree that old people with the disease should be intermixed in nursing homes with those without the governor? And now we find out that Michigan has the worst death rate outside the eastern seaboard in the nursing homes. And we still don't have a true accounting of the death toll. And it's into the thousands now. And old people are still being mixed together. An epic failure. Who took thousands from a billionaire to allow him to siphon hundreds of millions in hard-earned taxpayer dollars to develop a hole in the ground that may never come to be a skyscraper because we never truly checked its financing that he didn't have? City Hall, the city council, the state legislators. Who allowed a billionaire to pull money from the beleaguered public schools in Detroit so the billionaire could have a hockey arena without sharing a single nickel with the children of Detroit? City Hall in the state capitol in Lansing. Who allowed demolition contractors to dump garbage in the holes where houses used to be, including contaminated highway dirt and in at least one case, the highway itself? We all know City Hall. Who allowed for $600 million in bogus property tax assessments in Detroit while tens of thousands of people lost their homes to property tax default? City Hall and Wayne County. Folks, the big things and police brutality is not a little thing. It's the main thing right now. But don't forget blight, garbage schools, robbing generations of children of their potential, illegal and inflated taxes, predatory lending by banks and mortgage kingpins. Remember all the press conferences. They told us things were going great and we reported it as truth. But they were never going great, especially not for the work in person, not in the neighborhoods, not really. The numbers, the real numbers about wages and unemployment and wealth and crime should have told us that. The people told you that and you didn't listen to them. They were telling you about the two cities and you didn't listen to them. So now we look for leaders and there appear to be none. 
Our elected representatives prefer to talk through the news shows rather than a bullhorn. Down here in the real world, to the people lingering around these plate glass windows, I say, take it to the lawn of City Hall. Nothing upsets the power more than a spoiled luncheon. I hope there's a leader out there who can keep it peaceful, someone who can funnel the rage of the masses towards some constructive long-term end. Because when the fake government checks come to an end, the hell will really begin. You're absolutely right, Charlie. You're right. But you know what? I'm looking at some of the comments, you know, on Facebook Live. And I think that a lot of our listeners and viewers, like people all around the country, are looking for solutions. And in spite of whether it's training, whether it's policy, whether it's a politician, it all starts in here. Somebody asked me this morning, what do you do? I said, the first thing that you do is that you have to acknowledge that we're all different. We look different, live different. Different isn't better or worse. It's just different. And then you've got to approach it that if you want to know what it's like to be somebody else, you've got to be receptive enough to whatever that difference is in that person. But if nothing else, you cannot spend your time, your energy undermining or penalizing others for not looking like you. That's the thing, because all that hate is in the heart. It's not going to be in a law. It's not going to be in a rule. Now, it may make it difficult for people to express it. But if people have that in their heart, if you're a bad person, you're a bad professional because you're bringing that to whatever job you have. So people got to look at themselves. Hey, Trick, you've you've been to prison. Yeah. So you've had like, you know, you you, 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 the gangster rapper. You you've done. I know gangster rapper. No, No. my, my apologies. Used to live a gangster life. No, I don't know what that gangster shit you talking about. <laughs> I I did music and my music was, you know, my take on my life. Not, you know, nobody else's or not to be titled or, you know, uh narrated by nobody other than myself. I don't right. I don't, you know, my mother always told me it ain't what they call you, it's what you answer to. I answer to my name, you know, so all those titles, you know, they... Well, excuse the title. Unfortunate, all right? Let me put it this way. You've lived a big, wide circle in life. There's, there's probably... you. I've had a, a, an interesting journey. Yes, I've had an interesting journey where I've observed uh, a lot of things in this life, a whole lot of things uh, from, you know, um, from poverty to, you know, uh, all the statistical uh, narratives implemented on people like me, you know, from uh, poor educational systems, uh, single parent home, um, to mental illness, to, you know, uh, stay in prison and, and banging with the police, you know, banging on my own damn kind for that matter, you know, just for geological differences. <laughs> some shit that I was taught, some shit that was, uh, that came from somewhere else. The whole ideology of that gangster rap or gangster comes from, it didn't come from me. It didn't come from my people. My people was peaceful, uh, you know. So uh, through this life, I I went through a lot that has given me the knowledge of how to live uh, and how to first deal, like Sis said, you know, change start with yourself. 
if I don't change my motherfucking self, I can't even be talking about what nobody else doing with they self, you know, and I have to make sure that I'm right within myself and that I'm doing right by myself, my family, my children, my grandchildren, you know, first and foremost, you know, my family's first. Uh, and then I deal with, you know, my surroundings where and I have to, like I say, change me first, take care of my family first, and then deal with what I see around me based on my knowledge of what I understand, my knowledge of understanding, my knowledge of comprehension of the current, you know, facts, the current facts. And I say that because a lot of people live, you know, disheartened in the past. Yeah, you're supposed to learn from the past, but you're supposed to learn from the past, recognize the problems of the past so that you can create what Charlie said, a solution. You know, so I'm not hell bent on pointing out uh, the wrongdoing of anybody. Motherfucker know when he wrong, you know, and if it's time for me to take it to you about being wrong when it deals as it relates to myself, my family, my children, my grandchildren. Then I deal with that as my city, the city I live in, the city I love, the city where I got my soul, the city where I learn everything that I know. It's, you know, I, I'm connected to this place physically, spiritually, mentally. I'm connected to Detroit. And, and so I speak on what I know and speak on healing and speak on the solution to the problems that I've been seeing throughout this journey, you know. So it's not narrowed down to, you know, a title or titles or these, you know, accolades, these fake accolades and awards and and, and, and promotions and shit. It's all about the individual, like we said, we've been saying. It's all about the person. You alongside a person that's wrong, if you know it's wrong, you address that person's wrong, you know. If you can, if it's in your face, if it's something you can deal with, you deal with that. But first, you got to deal with yourself, you know. And that's, you know, I'm, I, it's a journey. It's been a long journey and it's going to be longer. I'm, I'm at this until I go, you know. Dude, until, so. dude beautiful. You know what? That's a, please rewind that and listen for what everybody is searching for, like their own personal responsibility, right? Taking account of yourself and how to be necessary. Boom. <clears throat> Boom. Be essential. <laughs> so there's that yeah. part of it, right? That's the individual responsibility to self and family. You said it. Yeah. But I still, I still can't get over. We bring the gigantic business leaders. No, so you're not supposed to because that relates to you and your family and the people who you love and protect and the people that you're a part of. You're supposed to become involved. Everybody should be involved. I have to rat tongue wrestle or thumb wrestle with people all the time as I, as I, you know, encourage people to become part of their local elections, become part of the people who, right now, it's people advertising all over these suburban cities about prosecutors right now. These prosecutors are the same people who are not for prison reform, who, who, who look at you, who look at us like, you know, we just black niggas that just want to do wrong and do drugs all the time. There's a young lady pleading with her father on, on, on the Fly Zone radio page I saw yesterday. This young lady, she's probably 12, 13 years old. She's pleading with her father about his, his, his racist ways and she's trying to explain to him us. And he don't want to hear it. 
And it's like, wow, you know, it's wow. Like, you, you know, that's, that's going to go on. But like I say, change starts with self. And once you deal with self and get self in order, you can be the type of person that you need to be to make a difference within your community. When it's time for you to be a part of that, be responsible in that fashion. You know, it's, it starts with self. I mean, and and, and I, I'm not going to run away from the spiritual aspect of it. We, If you look in the book of Revelations, we living in the last days. Plagues, uh, locusts, uh, people uprising. Floods. Uh, Floods. I mean, this is it's all in the scripture. Hey, Steve-O! The, the minister's going and he you're rolling in my pocket right in the middle of the goddamn program. Excuse my language, minister. It's a clean joint. It's a clean joint. It's very clean. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. But I can't help but think... Look, we, my effort to society is let me track it down and get you some facts. I look at Mary Barr from GM and Chris Illich from um, Little Caesars, Caesars, Olympia, right? All getting together. Mayor puts them together and says, we must come together and support racial unity. And I said, yeah, yeah, okay. Then give back the fucking $600 million you took from the school children. And you give right. and GM give back the three billion dollars you took in a tax cut and the twelve billion dollars that hey, we man. all paid for. You you know, th- th- there's no uh, main color problem here is green. People want a decent life, like you said. I will. If I can't feed my kid, I'm gonna find a fucking way to feed my kid. Some mm. my dad split. You know, some dads split, but the moms don't. Give her a way to, people are entitled to a decent fucking school. How many years we've been talking about this shit to come up, have the temerity to come up there. Look, why wasn't Little Caesars used as a field hospital? You know what they did end up using it for? A fucking temporary jail. Bad look, dude. And everybody's pissed. So be quiet and Maybe what you can really do instead of a press conference and a nice suit is say, I know I jimmied a good contract out of the people of Michigan. We are now going to give 50% of concessions at the stadium that we paid for back to the community. We got some of the least paid police in this country. It's one of the most violent cities. What kind of force do you think this is going to grow into when it's like you, you paid like a third world police force? It all, it's so massive that I, I don't want to lose the moment. I predicted this moment. Anybody that follows knows economically, statistically, it's here. But remember, it was here in 1919. It was here in 1968. It was here in 1992. And you're going to get some fucking crumbs. And white people have showed up. Not only because they're bored. Not only because they're bored. You know what? They're broke. They're feeling it. They, I told you this was capital city. Maybe younger white people are waking up and like, yeah, this shit's not right what we do to black people. But they're also broke. I'm talking to the Ferndale police, Eight Mile. We all know Eight Mile. You know, the other side of Eight Mile is concerned about what's going on here. But they were concerned about the alt-right and the alt-left. Right? That's a lot of dudes. That's, that's what they, you know, they're worried about. It's massive. And I don't mean to take away from what we're talking about, police brutality. I, we, I understand it. 
it's all related. It's all it's all in it's all together. Everything that you mentioned, everything that we're all mentioning. That's what I want to say to all of the people that's you know active. Like what Sister Karen said, don't don't be so quick to point to start pointing out the wrongdoings of any other person if they're not doing wrong by righteousness, if that makes any sense. Uh, you know, you don't say what another person is not doing within the, in the midst of this situation. Do what you're supposed to do in the midst of this situation. And you have a, we all have a responsibility within this situation. Some of us with more knowledge than others and other aspects of government, uh, state law. Charlie's an excellent researcher. He, he does his research. He finds the facts. He presents this information. And it's up to that's that's his responsibility. And he handles that well. It's up to me to do the job that my journey has led me to be the person I am to be of necessity to whatever. I understand that. I answer to my purpose. That is what my job is. I can't be everywhere. Charlie can't be everywhere. Karen can't be everywhere. Nobody can be everywhere. We can all do our part as individuals, one person at a time, and, and, and take on the responsibilities as they come, uh, as we recognize our purpose to make a difference. And, and like you say, it starts with that city hall. You have to become involved in your local politics, your local elections, these people who are against you, these people who make these decisions to take the money that they took from the educational system and put into that fucking arena down the street and build trains up the middle of Woodward and useless our Michigan you always down Livernois and all that other useless shit yep. that they do while People are starving. Neighborhoods are dilapidating. Schools are closing. People are leaving the city. I mean, is is that what you want? It looked like it. It looked like that's what they want. Trick, we come back. I'll stop with the comeback. Yeah. Oh, like that's what they want. Now it's here. Now it's here. Fake economy, fake news conferences. Now mm -hmm. you can't. Now everybody walking out there and taking the knee and shit. Get the fuck off. <laughs> Fix the shit. Fix the shit. Fix the shit. Fix, it, let's do it. Let's do it together. Ready? Fix, fix the, the shit. shit. Fix the fix shit. shit. Fix the <laughs> shit. Fix the shit. Fix the shit. Real fix talk. Fix the shit. Now I asked the fix governor it. to fix the shit. I asked the governor to fix the shit. I don't play late night TV politics. I don't give a fuck who's in office. My job <laughs> is to fix the shit. And before I do, we do the news flash round, all right, let me just say... This show is brought to you by Hall Financial. And you know what? Houses are going through the roof. I have no idea why. I don't. Right? Maybe it has something to do with mortgage rates being at all-time low. If you want to get in on getting your finances in order, looking for the house, looking to refi, looking to cut a couple payments off, you know where to go. David Hall and Hall Financial. 248-308-5000. Hall Financial. Lower payments, better options, more personal attention. Go to the website. What is it uh, again, uh, Mark? Oh, boy. Why'd you catch me off guard there? Because I, I never be off guard, Mark. You look like you were sleeping. No. Are they like the rival to Rock Financial? Uh, I believe they're competitors. Like I remember Hall. He, he, he used to work. He, used to, he, he was once part of Rock Financial. Good. Mm -hmm. uh, 
David Hall, David Hall Mortgage dot com. Right. David Hall Mortgage dot com. Yeah. Yeah. And Charlie, NLMS one four six seven four three five. All financial. You guys got everybody uh, in the comments saying FTS. <laughs> Fix the shit. Is that it? Fix the shit. That's it. Yeah. They, Fix they, the shit. Fix the shit. Fix the shit. Sounds like the slogan. Fix the shit. Fix the shit. Yeah. Just fix the fucking shit. I will vote for a democratic socialist if the garbage gets picked up. I will. I will yeah. vote. I will vote for a Tea Partier if the roads get fixed. It's all local, man. It, it, the big shit show in Washington is not touching me here. Look right here. I know we weren't the only ones to write about the nursing homes, but we were one of the few, and we were loud. Now, guess what? Now the feds are requiring the states to count the deaths from nursing homes. One of seven states that wasn't doing it is Michigan. One of the hardest hit. I want everybody to think of a map of the United States. Look at the eastern seaboard, right? A lot of people right there. I-95 right there. They're all connected. And then look at Michigan. You got, you got to take I, what is it? I-80 to I-70. You got to make a right turn to get here. It's cold. It's surrounded by water. Doesn't touch anything else. And we're like one of the highest in the country. Okay, well, here's what we got. So far, the federal government told the state, no, you've got 2,300 deaths of nursing home residents. That's almost half the total in the state. Moreover, Michigan doesn't count assisted living, adult foster care. They don't count the workers, right? That's a really low number. This is a colossal fail. And Madam Governor, they asked you about it in Congress and you said, quote, in retrospect, there are a number of decisions we would have made some adjustments on. Well, Madam, make the adjustments now because you're still putting COVID positive people in the same buildings as COVID negative people. Uh, the fix the shit, more inspections, fix the shit. You don't test the staff, fix the shit. You don't you don't give them the gear that they don't have. Fix the shit. Fix the shit. Say well, it again, brother. Fix the shit. And ladies and gentlemen, as you sit and point your fingers, three of them motherfuckers are pointing back at your ass. Put your damn finger down, pick up an ink pen, carry your ass to the polls. Here's Do the other research deal. on these people that's running for these offices in your community. Do your homework. Do your There's homework. some homework to do. do some, pull up the USA. Do your today. investigations. And fix yep. the shit. According to USA. Fix the shit. Go ahead, Karen. This is my thing. These people didn't just fall out of the apple tree. Who are they? What did they do before? They have a past that's going to either lend or validate your support or invalidate it. Stop acting like these people are brand new because they are not. So mm-hmm. do your homework. Your the thing homework. is, the thing is, they have to pay attention. People not paying attention. They driving like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not right. paying attention. Nobody's paying they attention. They don't see nothing around them and see what's going on around them. They don't even. It's. it's I mean, if you look at it, I'm at the polls when these elections take place, and like we are not there. No, we're not. Ain't we're there. politically apathetic. We are Ain't politically there. apathetic. We Remember are. this too. Listen about what here. These are simple. Like with the protest, let's focus on something simple. Think of Dr. King. Okay, but we want we want to be on the bus there, any place I want. He starts with something you can grasp. Then mm-hmm. hey, I, I'm gonna sit at that fucking lunch counter. I want to go to that school if I so choose. Mm-hmm. Then you get into the esoteric. 
like voting and civil rights acts, right? You ask for that one, no one can put a finger on it. Eventually they get it. So here, here's one from USA Today, beautiful work. They compile data and it's not full, but maybe 40 to 50% of all the deaths, we shut down the fucking world, 40 to 50% happened at nursing homes and they called it a national disgrace. Yes. And that's what we've been doing. All we wanted you to do, you heard from um, inspectors from the nursing homes here. You treated all lives matter. Old people's lives matter to me. We're not going to say in retrospect, you didn't do the fucking job. Full stop. End of that story. Trick, ready for the next one? Fix Here, the here's, shit. Here's that better. Let's do it. Do it again. <laughs> Fix the shit. Fix the shit. Fix the shit. Here is a government report. Treasury Department. Remember the demolition thing I did for all these years? It's coming to a head. Let me tell you, they, they, they bore into the ground and took samples out to see if we got our money's worth. Here's what we got. The soil samples, they only went to four. Remember, there was like 14,000 of these things. The soil samples found that all four properties had elevated levels of arsenic above the allowed criteria. That's your city, Detroit. That's your children. If you remember the little piece I made with the kids holding all the rocks going, thanks, Mr. Mayor, mm -hmm. that's confirmation. Next. Um, the holes had brick pieces and other debris at three of the sites. Junk all the way to the top. It had, in December 18, nobody was told. Detroit entered into a consent agreement with the federal government because they were poisoning the air. Remember that, Karen? The lead and yes. the asbestos? Yep. They, they broke their own consent agreement and continued to do it and were fined $100,000. Not a lot, but guess what? Nobody got fined in Flint at all. So that's remarkable because the government doesn't want to challenge the government, and that's why we thought we had government. Keep an eye on our shit for us. Tell them, Trick. Fix it. Fix the shit. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Michigan did not maintain a list of sources for dirt, nor would they be required these guys to keep manifests of where they took this material. Remember that big mound of asbestos I found? That you found in the street, yeah. In the street. Yep. They've been telling them for years. Everything I'm telling you, I'm, I'm doing facts, Trick. Um, no truck waves. Look, I say fail here. It says all properties contained arsenic concentrations above the state of Michigan's general cleanup criteria guidelines. We spent a half billion dollars on this blight project. I don't know. Fix this shit. I, I detest government like that. Yes. That's really the anger underneath that nobody can put their finger on it. I just, like, it's coming apart, Trey. What's the solution? Thing too, Charlie, that I'm starting to have, that I'm starting to have an issue with is that we keep getting these committees coming out of the state. The governor keeps appointing. We've got health disparity committees. We've got workforce development committees on which the mayor sits. Mm, not sure about that. There are going to be a lot of federal dollars coming through there. That doesn't look right. Just every day it's a different committee. What yeah. does that do? What does that mean? Now, Nothing. The, the, the two emptiest words are task force. 
How often do you hear a task force for something and they don't do anything? It's some bullshit. When it's yeah, task yeah, you know, force. and you know it's bullshit. You say, "What's this? Karen? You know this? Here's what happens: federal government comes and they toss a bunch of money in. The powers that be get control of the money. Then the ministers get a little bit, mm-hmm. and this foundation gets a little bit, and that the people that speak to the people, right, don't talk about it anymore, and yet nothing fucking improves for the people. More millions yes. gone. We've got 77,000 nonprofit organizations in the state of Michigan. Whoa. 77,000. <laughs> so when you guys have talked, and we talk about this all the time, we, we're talking about the same stuff that we've been talking about for yeah. years. Why? Why hasn't anything right. changed? They don't say, right. you know, you may be making a difference, but why? Why? It's the why? Same, you know why? It's the same reason you see people flocking to church every Sunday. But the neighborhoods around them look like concentration camps and war zones. It's like you're supposed to be a pillar in community. You know, you you only serve your own interests. You know, now there are some churches, very few. There are very few churches in the city of Detroit that actually, and, I, and I've been affiliated with a few of them, that actually do for their people, for their community. But most of them, it's just a paycheck. And, 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 and it's sad because you your, your purpose of being there is not to offer, not just to offer a, a spiritual salvation, but to be a source of salvation for your community. And if you're not helping them in, in, in within the middle of their needs and the toughest times been going on since we started. So, you know, the churches, you know have, churches have failed. They failed. Pastors, churches. And, and like you said, there it are, a couple, you know, there are a couple, I mean, I've been away and I don't go to church. So this isn't a, anything against or for anybody, but I am aware that Triumph Church uh, Pastor Solomon, you know, when they were talking about what to do about the digital divide, he went and got a thousand, you know, laptops and passed them out. I mean, you don't need all the planning. You just go out and do it. Do it. But, I, yeah. but, I, but I do know that there are, there, the church has become a business for too many. I mean, it's too, and, and in my opinion, God doesn't need a fiduciary. So, you know, they say, give your money Period. to God, give me his account number, I'll make a deposit. I'll wire it to him. <laughs> you, you, they also wield a lot of power, which is rare for uh, anybody to talk out about it. So I'm glad, Trick, you said that because a lot of people are scared to say that, you know, these are tax-free places. And like you said, look how nice yep. the church looks and look at the neighborhood yeah. around it. The oh, nice church look, how nice the pastor look, yeah. how the nice the pastor look. Watch, the watch this, dude. This, see, this is what happened. See what happened to me? The church is full of garbage. Fix the and shit. It, and it's built. Fix it. Fix the shit. Fix the shit. You got more drama in them pool pits than you do on the streets in your Fix own neighborhood. Shit. You know what? Those yeah. big mega churches are built with community development block grants. Yeah. CBG to be, funds. They are. They're supposed to go to playgrounds and housing developments, and that's the game. So you say, what's the solution? Look, I tell you what. Know your stuff. Demand some stuff. Why do I know all the crazy ladies that always go to city council and stuff? They hit me. They're doing this now. They're doing that now. Right? They're trying to fix this shit. They're doing something. So what I would say is, make yourself aware. I would say what Trick said. Have some personal responsibility. Stand up that bullshit and stop making your life a contest between our side and that side because there's 325 million sides. That's true. Say it again for them, guys, so they won't forget. (laughs) Oh, there was a cop out front the other day. The protest was coming down. 
that fucking guy worked like three days straight, like 18 hours, right? And he's, he's, he's going to sleep. He's a black guy. He's going to sleep. I goes, Jimmy, wake the fuck up, dude. This is not the time that you want to be like not aware of shit. Get out of the car and stretch your legs, dude. I'll be all right. I can't vouch for that. But Charlie, let me tell you this. Think about this, not just here in the city, but all across the country. You're going to see an exhaustion of resources after a while because they've got protest every day. They've got officers working overtime. You've got all this stuff. You talk about lack of resources after a while or an exhaustion of those resources. What are we going to be looking like in terms of a force that's already overstretched here in the city? After And remember, mm-hmm. yes, and remember when we gave all the goodies out, the holes in the ground and the arenas where they never pay taxes and we actually pay them money. That could have gone to police. Good professional, you know, good professional people from the community. Who would, who of, no offense, it's going to sound bad, but, you know, the, the high call, like you. Let's say you as a young, you have $40,000 to take, do that shit? No, no, no. It's not going to happen. Well, I keep, I've been saying it. But you're right, Charlie, and we've talked about this before. All this start breaking out. I mean, in terms of resources allocated to the police department have never been resolved. They're, um, you know, the, the, the 10% was never returned. So while they won't get a raise, they were still never made whole. I don't think the chief is doing a great job with what he has. But, you know, when we talk about public safety being a priority, you have to put your money where your mouth is. And Charlie and I early on went on. He was like, got to get to the chief, get to the chief. Yeah, but it goes to the mayor. You know, he answers yep. to the mayor. mayor allocates the budget. So, she you know, came on this show and he said, I'd like to start guys at 60 grand. That's yeah. a 50% pay raise. That's what you get in the suburbs. Why don't we have it? Well, one of the problems, too, is, you know, when you have the, the equitable sharing from civil forfeiture that has to be spent and you can't spend it on payroll. It has to be spent on other resources like Fix the shit. giant Fix tanks the shit. and combat it, you know, militarized. I'm not even for that civil forfeiture anyway. Fix well, that no. shit too I mean, while we're at Absolutely, but why can't that money be shit? I already sent an email. I'm ordering t-shirts for our uh, biggest listeners and fans. <laughs> it's going to have the no BS news hour and hashtag what you guys are saying on it. So I already sent the email. Say Maybe it, Karen. We, we should do. That's the new movement. <laughs> Got what it. specifically could we do? Fix the ship. Put in your fucking beef. Yeah. And we'll, we'll yeah. try to get to it. That's what government's got a responsibility. Do. We got to organize, though. 100%. We have to right. organize. We have to keep having these discussions, and it can't stop. Like, the hour is now. We have to continue to do this. We have to continue to share this dialogue and inform people. And, and because a lot of people don't know that we have to give them this information, share this information and, and, and continue to move toward the common goal. And It'll redirect that energy into something that will result in something. Like Charlie said, if you're marching, that's good. I love to see the fact that everybody is energized. And I certainly applaud the fact that it hasn't died down after 24, 48 hours, but it has to have an end goal. I know they made a list of demands of the mayor and the chief and, and that's great. I understand that they're, you know, making some, some moves at the uh, police commission level. That's all well and fine. But like Charlie said, you know, it has to go to a source. So if all this is directed to the right source um, with the demands and the support of the public, then that's how you start to see change. And again, everybody, like you said, Trick, looking at themselves, not just everything Earth. else changing. What can we do? You're right. Earth. And let so me say, first. please do not tear up working people's shit that they put their lives into like please this is a center 
This is a meeting place of, of this whole city. Please don't fuck with it. Take your beef up with who you got your problem with. I would. I, I don't support uh, fire and bullets. I don't. I don't either. But I don't support it, rubber bullets, tear gas, none of that shit. But you the, know. The, if you're fighting this war, you know, uh, like the police precinct makes sense to me. I'm not saying do it. So don't even go there. Or you know the the it Citadel makes sense, of I mean that one made sense out there. This, this one don't make <laughs> and sense. The police set that damn fire out there, man. Yeah. Covering up evidence. <laughs> you know damn well they did. Them dirty, dirty people. No baby. Yeah. It's family. It's family place. Welcome back. Good yeah. to see you again. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your responsibility. Make sure you are necessary. Make sure you serve a purpose. Make sure you serve your purpose. Make sure you always look towards the solution and not lay on the problem. We have to all have a common focus. And we all have to continue to move forward. Don't stop and be distracted by the naysayers, the non-believers, or the agitators. They are who they are. Put them in their category and get they out their way. Fix the. I have to go because my battery is dying, and I have a meeting about my new contract at Rightway. Ooh. Okay. Hey. Uh, um, and the addition of no, no, no fly zone decree, correct? As no fly zone is still in effect for all out of town. People coming here to be disruptive. We will not tolerate that behavior in our city, though we not do not agree with a lot of the things that go on here. We're not here to cause no extra problems. We're here to make our point known, share information, and all move towards a common solution. That's it. Destroying property is not the solution. And on another note, if I'm patrolling the streets of Detroit where the protesters are. I'm all for your protests. Make your voice heard. Make it. But if you tab something, I'm going to get you. I own a lot of stuff around here. I don't have to put on no press conference on the properties I own or the businesses that I've had invested in. In downtown Detroit, within the city of Detroit, in the neighborhoods in Detroit, and in surrounding cities of Detroit. Touch my shit, I'm beating your ass. Excuse me. Hey, before you go, okay, we're going to play the song you sent me. You want to introduce it and give us permission to play it on Facebook? Permission to play Lynch. Lynch is a song. I should have sent you the video. It's a video to this. And keep in mind, when I wrote this song, I was writing the song on knowledge and information that I had at the time. As an artist, it is not my responsibility to nobody else but myself to make sure the information that I obtain, I share. And I'm sharing information that I was learning at the time. And so, so you might see a cross. That don't mean I rock with that. You might, I might say some things like get out the hood for real, but what I mean, get out the hood, I mean, get out that hood mentality. When I say, when I say heavenly father, I mean the heavenly father within you. I'm not speaking about a, you know, whatever you want to call it, that's on you. Do that, that's you. But when I speak about the God, when I speak about God, I speak about the God within you. When I speak about getting out of the hood, I speak about getting out of that hood mentality and getting to the righteous mentality of the fathers, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, mothers, and family that we are. I think we covered all of it. Lynch is the song. I think so. Hey, I just want to say one thing, because I saw some comments uh, from the news when they talked to Trick the other day, and somebody was like, what's the fly zone? And does it work? All I have to say, if you wonder if it works, ask Rick Ross. And listen yeah. to the radio station in Detroit. You hear all Detroit artists now. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank when, you. Trick, when Trick says that means keep your ass out of here, and if you don't, we 
I like Rick Ross though. Rick Ross is a very talented artist, and you know that the, that thing we had going on was something different. You know, between two to men, but me that's been gone. We uh, look, you know, the people are waiting to talk to me, Trev, not you. Because uh, brothers, this is not the time for us to quarrel with each other or be that's against true. each other. None that's of us. True. To all my brothers and sisters, I love you. Okay, I say this with my listen. I love you. I want what's best for you and your family. And the reason my boots are on the ground, the reason God granted me the, the, the life that I have is so that I can continue to spread this message of love, peace, and understanding amongst us. I love you. I love you. And I want you keep, to love you as much as I love you. Keep us in line, Trick. Love you back. God damn, I love this program. It's a cool program. It is. And everybody out there listening, you know, I know you're all over the place. It's, it's always good to meet you. Oh, hope to see you around. Remember... Try to love one another. Can't do that. Respect one another. We'll get through it. Thanks for thanks for coming, Trick. Hi, Charlie. See you, Carrie. Somebody to ride to, young nephew. Let me get a few minutes out you, low. Let me get a few minutes out you, cuz. Okay. Trying to teach the little homies what's good for real and get out the hood for real. No matter what you think or no matter how much you love it, cause the hood will get you killed. But yet and still, we watch the blood spill, hug their children, fucked up drug deal. You can't sit still and we can't blame you. I like Jesus, touch that anger, send your angels to search for strangers. Now everybody's life's in danger. Watch the police invade the neighbors. They say it's too late, nothing save us when we toss our children in them cages it's outrageous the way they hate us that's why they trained us to be haters do your homework look how they played us when they kidnapped and enslaved us engaged you with when you misbehave God in the name turns your sister against her mother, turns your father against your brother, and they can't stand you because you got color. Come on, brave than I if you was a runner, stole your life, gave you a number. Now, what's your name, boy? Who you belong to? I got a gun, nigga. Now, what you gonna do? Sounds familiar. Either hit him. Serve for the kill, you charge you for being the dealer. Released from prison, and the only way to survive is stealing, receiving, and concealing. So, how you feeling? Some kind of way, cause the way you be being played ain't the way that you was raised to take it. So, take from those that's close to you. That's what you think you're supposed to do. Try your hand in the dope game. Feed your family with cocaine. Protect the domain. The hood you're growing up in is automatically your game. You done heard that old saying. <laughs> no pain, no gain. When your pack got no name. Live with your pitiful. Half-ass criminal. Telling you up front. Fuck subliminal. If you can keep your big mouth down to a minimum. Start trying to listen. Start paying attention. Try to be in your face. You fitting the missing. Not to mention in the middle of this nigga in the pitching. The only way they can witness the suspension of the kitchen is detention. That's when you locked up. Away from your sons and daughters. Raised by fatherless sons and daughters. Kinda like bastard children. Raising bastard children. By the million. Teaching them how to distrust and take from one another. How to rejoice when the other one suffers. Sons that's fucked up. That's how they scope to youngsters. Interrupted to restructure your culture. Display the death threats to conjure these devils among us. And for you to love what you fear, so death is close. 
is Amongst your peers About a handmade nigga with a tattoo tears And the plan nigga, grandfather slave master Then denied we die way faster Then anticipated Cause in real life freedom was never meant for you to have They ain't even to have Visit behind three inch glass Beg for a couple more minutes to see him laugh Same color as you Now what are you gonna do before serving that life sentence? You think before you make a decision My brother told me this the realest shit I ever wrote But I didn't write it I asked the heavenly father for guidance Started to cite All the tough niggas dead or in jail or on their way To wait on the outdate Ignorance is becoming an outbreak And it's not just you, but for our sake Can you for once take up your crimes Like the king you were born to be And not these clowns That you seeing on TV, TV, TV ain't just our killing. Damn me, it's just everybody got a camera now, so you get to see it a little bit more, or a whole lot more. And now I'm starting to get, you know, aggravated and upset. I'm gonna tell you, you gotta be gangster on this because you gotta think before you react. Don't react out of fear. Don't react out of uh, envy or jealousy or hate or anger. You know, you think before you react. That way when you make that decision, you make a decision that's best for you and everybody. They don't want me on their program. They can come on ours, but this time, if you can't talk justice or else, stay home. This is not for politically correct jackasses. If you don't want to be strong, then stay home. And I pray that God will bring a chastisement on all we cowardly men and women who will not secure a future for our children and our people. And you don't want to be in my presence BSing the people and I'm coming behind you. I'll wear your behind out. <laughs> Let's go on to something else. <laughs>